Hello and welcome to Creativity Uncovered. My name is Abby Gatling and I am on a journey to uncover how everyday people find inspiration, get inventive and open their imagination. I'm basically on a journey to find out how people use creative solutions at home, work, play and everything in between. And by the end of this podcast, I hope that you'll be armed with a whole suite of tried and tested ways to summon creativity the next time that you need it. Um, Today, I'm speaking with Richard Wilmore, who is the CEO of Hearts Need Art, which is a nonprofit that provides creative support for patients and caregivers. I'm really interested to find out exactly, uh, you know, what hearts meet art do and uh, find out what the link is between arts and healthcare. So um, welcome, Richard. Hi, Abby. Thanks so much for joining me. What time is it where you are now? It is 8.01 in the p.m. Oh, (laughs) not too late. Not Not awful, yes. (laughs) What time is it there? Uh, 10 a.m. So oh, nice. wow. a very respectable time. I think last time yes. it was like the middle of the night when I was talking to you. So, but, so anyway, <laughs> the joys of international podcasting. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so I am excited about our conversation today, but I thought we should start off because I've not really come across um, an organization that does what you guys do. So let's start there. What does Hearts Need Art do exactly? Sure. It's actually very simple. We hire um, creatives. Uh, Right now, we have a team of visual artists, musicians, and writers. And we train them to go into hospital settings and work with the adult patients and the healthcare staff to just provide them moments of of creativity. Mm, Does that mean that they sort of like perform their creative pieces or do they teach people or what, what do they do? The answer is yes, all of that. Uh, So they can, for musicians, they can request songs. A patient can request songs and the musician will play it. They can learn how to play the ukulele or the guitar. We have keyboards, kind of whatever the musician uh, performs with. Their instrument is is what we provide. Um, With visual art, they can learn how to paint or draw or or we can do stuff like paint their um, hospital room windows. A lot of people that we work with are there for a long time. And so it gives them an opportunity to kind of uh, create their own unique space in their hospital rooms and make it a little more personal. Oh, a bit more bright. And this is just with adults, mm. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We work with uh, young adults. 16 to 116 is our age range. <laughs> that's very inclusive I love that yes, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like there's something here in Brisbane that's like for kids they go and they do like kids performances and stuff like that but I've never heard of it for adults I think that's really wonderful yeah a lot of a lot of them are kid centric and you go into a kid's hospital and you know it's like a an amusement park uh at least here in the states um and so that was a, a void that that the founder saw was, you know, adults also need that as well. And there's nothing for them to do. Um, and some of the people we were working with or we work with are in the hospital for months at a time, you know, and some are never going to leave the hospital. That's where they're going to die. And they know that. And so to give them kind of that space has been really, really beautiful to watch. Mm. 
Fantastic. And how do you connect with these patients and caregivers? Uh, a couple different ways. So we can literally just knock on doors. Um, and we also work with the nurses at the nurses station to see who they recommend we go to or maybe don't go to if someone's about to go to surgery or having a bad day um, and may not be in the mood to do it. So kind of kind of both. We work with the healthcare teams and we just kind of cold call and, and knock on doors and see who wants to play with us. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so you don't have to pre-book. That's that's great. Yeah, sometimes people do. We have we have like a phone number in the hospitals where sometimes we'll get text messages like, "Hey, I'm in room 16. Can you bring a musician next time you're in?" So, kind of that does happen sometimes. All right. So you're going regularly enough that people know to expect you and look forward to you coming there. Yeah, there are we're in we're in ten different hospitals right now. Um, some are one day a week, and some are five or six days a week. So we become pretty familiar faces around some of the hospitals. Wow, five or six days a week. How how do you get uh, enough um, creatives to be involved in that? Uh, luckily, we have knock on wood never had a problem when we. Uh, put out a call for any type of of artist or uh, creative. It turns out a lot of people love to do it um, and are professionals at it. They're just not, you know, able to do it full time. So we we do really look for professional people who have studied it, who have taught it for a long time, um, because we do want to provide, you know, a, a caliber of of uh, excellence when we're working with patients. But in order to be on the patient side. You don't even ever have to have had a paintbrush in your hand before to to work with us. Oh, I love I love that. It's so inclusive, age wise and and ability wise. <laughs> yeah, there's no test you have to take in order to hang out with us. <laughs> um, I think we skipped over this. How did we? How did this start? How did Hearts Need Art actually start? Sure. Uh, it started in 2016 by a childhood leukemia survivor. She had moved to San Antonio, Texas uh, as an adult and was um, volunteering at a at a local hospital. She's a trained singer. So she was going in like once a month to sing to patients. And the more she did it, the more they wanted her to come. And uh, she could only do so much herself. So she she started the nonprofit in 2016 um and had a small group we were on one floor in one hospital in san antonio and we are now in 10 different hospitals uh eight in san antonio and two virtually um around the country wow how do the virtual ones work uh that came about during the pandemic so we were all in person up until then um and we were one of the first arts and health organizations to to provide virtual services just like this like jumping on zoom and teaching people this way and providing playing games and live music virtually and so we were getting calls from different hospitals around the country who had support groups that were meeting in person but now had to meet virtually and had no idea what to do with a zoom room full of people um so we jumped in and started teaching people uh, art and, and music online. Is it hard to translate art into a Zoom call? Um, it's almost like, do you have like those, like those sip and paint places? Do you know what oh, those are? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like that, you know, where it's very like step one is this and it's and, you know, we have multiple screens like there's the facilitator has a screen so you can see them, but they have another camera pointing at the project that they're doing. So they're they're teaching you step by step how to do it. Oh, okay. And and the hospital already has all the materials ready to go. Yes. Yeah. So we we would work with them, kind of give them what what the project was going to be and they would make sure all of their patients had the correct supplies. Oh, sounds all sounds very organized. And and how did you get involved with this? So I used to host a talk show. Um, I hosted a talk show for six years, and I met the founder of Hearts Need Art at a theater one night, um, and had her on my show. And she went her way, and I went mine after. And I was in my house, and I was like, I should be volunteering, like. I should be out there, like, you know, giving my time. And so I filled out a, a volunteer application and I was the first volunteer that they had and started doing, running their social media. And that turned into uh, being in charge of the programs and the artists in the hospital with their schedules and 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 supplies and all of that. And it just has snowballed over the last couple of years. And uh Last summer, I think it was last summer, time goes by very quickly around here, um, <laughs> the founder uh, left the organization and I took over the CEO role. Wow, congrats. And Thanks. can I uh, go back a bit, little bit? What was that need to feel like you needed to volunteer? What was that? So it turned out I was kind of doing arts and health for myself before I knew what it was. Like, I didn't know what arts and health was, but I had always been around creative people and I loved art. I loved live music. And I knew that it always put me in a really good mood. Or if I was in a bad mood, you know, you have that song that you go to when you're in a bad mood. And uh, when I, when I found out about the organization I thought, oh, this is what I've been doing my entire life, but I didn't even know it. So um, my dad was in the hospital for a very long time when I was a kid, and I thought, I wish we had access to something like this while he was in the hospital so we had something else to do besides sit around and stare at each other and talk about why you're in the hospital. Um, and so that's really why I chose Hearts Need Art to start volunteering for, because I really felt a connection to it. Yeah, that's great. I love it when you can align your interests with something that does good for the world. Um, yeah. What What is the link between arts and, and healthcare and healing? So we see, uh, we do uh, surveys with patients and we see that oftentimes they forget about their pain when they're interacting with us, when they're performing uh, or uh, painting, or they're listening to music and singing along. Um, so hospitals are finding that they're they're using their call buttons less, and they're they're having to administer less um, pain medication. Oftentimes, they will bring us in if maybe a patient is not in the best mood and is not very compliant. Um, we've had it where uh, a patient will not shower in the hospital because they just don't want to. They're over it. And uh, we come in and suddenly their their mood shifts and suddenly they're not, you know, they're not just a sick patient. They're they're a human being again who can listen to live music and, and create and express themselves. Um, and they start actually doing what they're supposed to be doing in a hospital. And 
you know what I, I always think of it like when you wake up in the morning your alarm goes off you put on the song you want to hear that's going to put you in a good mood and wake you up and you know that's also arts and health that's putting you in that mood it's a shift change it's a mood change um so we see a lot of that in the hospital yeah i wonder what that is like what is it about art that taps into your mood change is, is there any research behind that yeah there's a ton of research um it's I'm not smart enough to spit it all out at you, uh, but there, there's <laughs> a ton. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a ton of research based around that, and it goes back. I mean, centuries. You know, uh, art has been around forever, and I always think about um, also when the pandemic happened and uh, everything shut down. But we were still, you know, there were there were museums that were giving away virtual memberships online and everyone was outside singing to each other on their balconies. And it's it's really about connection. It's really what the arts do. And it connects you to other people and it connects you to yourself and your feelings. And that's, I think, really where the power comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Art, art is a connector, isn't it? it and I suppose mm-hmm. you've got um, your creators going into these spaces. They don't know the patients yet. They almost instantly seem to form a bond with the patient through their art. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't even know their names. And two hours later, you're still in their room laughing with them or crying with them. And uh, there's an instant connection when you when you don't care about anything else. We don't always know why they're in the hospital, what they're going through. We're just really connecting where they're where they're at in that moment. And if and if they're in a bad mood and they want to hear angry music or paint a canvas all black because that's the mood, then then that's what we provide for them. You know, we're not necessarily trying to shift how they're feeling, but we're just trying to go alongside them and and allow them to express whatever they are feeling. <laughs> Love that. I'm feeling emo today. Give me the black yes. paint. <laughs> yeah, I, we've we've had that before. Here you go, you know, take take your time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do the um do any of the healthcare workers get involved or like what are their thoughts on this? Yes. Uh over the last year, year and a half, we've really um focused a lot of our time on the actual staff in the hospitals to give them time. It's been a little um switch and a learning curve since you know patients have nothing to do so they have tons of time where the staff have you know they can have two seconds sometimes so we're really focusing on quick but meaningful interactions with them so we'll go up to nurses stations and and just bring a musician in to perform live music for them while they're at the nurses station or we make um beads for their badges uh, with them that are that are symbolic for you know what their what their specialty is. Um, so we do we do a couple different things with them, but we try to make it quick and uh, not take a lot of of their time and energy, but something that they can feel and take with them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, patients have almost all the time in the world, whereas yeah. the people who are working there are rushing around generally yeah. if there's anything like australia the hospitals are very understaffed um, yes. it would be hard to get people's buy-in but they appreciate it do they yes they they love it it gives them a break when we're in a patient's room it kind of you know like they know they're being taken care of in a different way and that if if uh nurse is needed we'll obviously call them in but it's also fun when a nurse does come in and we're 
playing the ukulele and they're like, oh, I know how to play the ukulele. Like you have that connection then between the patient and and the staff member uh, It kind of takes them out of that. Like, oh, you know, like healthcare workers are, are superheroes and they're not, they're not human. And um, suddenly they grab a, a ukulele and they're playing with, with us and the patient. And it kind of brings everything kind of full circle. Oh yeah, definitely giving a another view of them to make them seem a bit more human. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so um have you seen any outcomes from this so far? Like do you have any good news stories about the impact you've made through this work? Oh my gosh. We hear all the time from patients and staff members how meaningful it was and oftentimes like how it it feels like a divine intervention where we come at just the right time. Uh, Either they're going into surgery, they just came out of surgery, they're, you know, stressed about, about whatever's going on. Um, And it's, it's, we see a lot of tears of of gratitude uh, when, when we walk in because it's oftentimes unexpected, you know, you don't, necessarily think you're going to go into the hospital and suddenly a musician's going to show up with a keyboard and uh, want to perform for you. And, you know, I always tell people we love no's just as much as we love yeses, because you can say no if you're not in the mood, but we'll be back tomorrow to see if you are. And and sometimes that's all they need is that like moment to to uh, kind of be okay with it and, and understand why we're there. And once once they experience it, they they never want it to stop. I love that. Say no, but we will come back. <laughs> yes, yes. I always tell people that. I'll be back tomorrow to bother you, so don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that it's not a firm, closed door. It's still leaving it a little bit ajar for people to opt in and opt out as they please because I, I can imagine so much of this would only work if people are in the right mood to receive it. Um, right. Yeah. And it's also finding like what art form you connect with. So just because you don't want to paint or draw, like maybe you want live music. So we bring in a musician for you. So it's also giving them some choice. You know, when you're in a hospital, you don't have the opportunity to really say no or make choices while you're in there. You're just there fighting for your life. And and we provide an opportunity to, to do what you want to do. Mm, mm, that's cool. And what are, have you had any learning experiences or um, iterations of this along the way that perhaps other people can take from this if they're trying to implement something similar in their own place? Um, yeah. So we a few things we have learned. We used to do yoga in a, in one of our hospitals. We brought in um, yoga that didn't last very long, and I don't think it's because yoga in hospitals doesn't work. I think. We were just on the wrong floor of that hospital to to really make it click with the people there. Um, and also just assuming that people want something in particular. And that's why we give them multiple, you know, we have multiple uh, art forms um, because not everybody does want music or want to um, to paint or draw. Mm-hmm. And you're a not-for-profit, so how how does this run? Do you how are you funded? Uh, through the lovely people who donate to us every month, and uh, grants and uh, fundraisers. So donations and grants. 
That's great. And the uh, the people who donate, uh, are they people who've experienced your program or how, like, how do they find you? Yeah, some are. Some, um, you know, we work in hospitals, so it's kind of difficult to be on social media all day showing what we're doing because of, of patient privacy laws. Um, so it is people who connect with the arts, who know someone who um, has received our services. Maybe, the, you know, some are workers in the hospital, some are family members, but, you know, most anybody, you can tell them what we do and you can, you know, someone, if you weren't the person in the hospital, you know, someone who was in a hospital and you're like, oh, I wish I had music while I was sitting in the hospital. So yeah, that's kind of universal. It's such a relatable thing because, yeah, as you said, Izzy, like if you haven't been in the hospital yourself for an extended period of time, you you know someone or you know someone who knows someone. It's I think that's a that's one of the issues that certainly uh, like I've worked with some uh, not for profits in the past, and one of the issues is that when people just cannot relate to the cause because they have no frame of reference um the your cause here is someone knows someone who knows someone who's been in that situation so it's so much easier to relate and then so much easier to open your wallet to support it yeah yeah the hard part you know as in the nonprofit world it's all about storytelling right and getting people to connect with what you're doing and we like i was saying we get a ton of of quotes from patients um but we don't get to take a lot of photos or videos so it's that's a challenge for us is is showing the public the actual people that that they are um donating to so that's that's a challenge for us oh i can imagine if you're sitting in your hospital gown, not feeling the best, you don't want a photo being taken. Yeah, you're not necessarily up for a, an Instagram live. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you need to uh, get some makeup artists to donate their time <laughs> to come around with you. Or give give people the makeover. filters more often or something. Yeah, <laughs> filters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> as long as you don't go too far with the filters. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me about your creativity because you're kind of a multifaceted slash 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 type of creator. Tell tell me a bit more about you. What was your um your talk show about? Uh, it was a variety show. So I I had the people on that that we hire. I it was actors, musicians, writers, um, uh, artists artists of all kinds. You know, like if you were doing something fun, I wanted to hear about it. So. We, we would have everyone on that show. And, and that's really how I was like, oh, yeah, I have surrounded myself with art for my health because I always felt great. You know, if I get to listen to live music every day, it's not a bad gig if you can get it. <laughs> Very healing, as we've heard today. Yes. yes. <laughs> and are you missing that part of your life or do you still get that in, in your current life? Um, I am not around it as much as I would like to be. Uh, back when I was in the hospital every day, I was the person knocking on doors asking if they wanted wanted anything from us. And I don't get to do that anymore. Um, and I don't have my show anymore. I ended up in the hospital last year for uh, three weeks in a hospital that um, did not have arts and health. And so I saw firsthand what it was like Thankfully, I knew some people, so you know I had some live music in there quite a bit, and some and some uh, art. But uh, the show ended shortly after I got out of the hospital, and I I do miss it. Um, I also am the person like I'm not 
a painter. I'm not a musician, but I love to go to live theater and live concerts and and take it in because that's also for people out there like thinking, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not good at art and I don't know, or I don't have the money to get a studio and buy all the paint supplies or buy a, a guitar. Also, just ingesting art is also really beneficial to your health. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like you don't always have to be a producer of art. You can be an appreciator of it. And that's really um, just as important. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I, I find this, uh, you know, like you've moved up and you've become the CEO of this organization, which means that you're less hands-on in the day-to-day I certainly find this, even with my own business, started off being my solo, you know, just doing everything myself. And now I have a team. I'm less on the day-to-day thing. How do you stay connected to to the cause and to the creativity in that type of situation? Um, communication, I would say. I talk to almost... So we have a couple of program coordinators. We have like a core group of staff members that we are in communication every day. Um, I talk to all the artists at yeah, multiple times a month. So I'm always, we're always talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in front of this computer every day, all day. So I'm still around it, but kind of removed from it a little bit. Um, and I think that it has changed this organization has changed my life so much that I will always be connected to it. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have to try and find other ways outside of work to get that feel? Yeah. So I'm actually, like you were talking about having a team, I'm actually, uh, I, I edit podcasts and videos uh, and kind of produce shows outside of here. So that's, I also love doing that. So outside of, of Hearts Need Art, that's also my, my creative side now that I'm not hosting or, or in the hospital. Okay, cool. So you still got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> a couple yes, of different things I'm always, on. I'm always doing something. Yes. <laughs> I find you always have to, right? <laughs> you can never stay still. You gotta keep yeah, creating, right? But I love it. Yeah. The cre- yeah. creating it used to be our hashtag. Oh, really? Creating it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah keep creating was a, it was a hashtag we used to use. Oh, great. Fantastic. Oh, well, thank you so much, uh, Richard, for joining me. That was a really lovely conversation. And it's really great to hear about um, an organization that is doing such good. Do you have any um, plans to extend it elsewhere? I mean, our vision, our overall vision is that one day anybody who uh, is admitted to a hospital, gets a nurse, a doctor, and an artist. Like, that's our goal in life. Um, I think it's going to take Hearts Need Art a while to do that. Maybe not arts and health as a field. Um, so we are working, we've expanded a lot in the last year, uh, year and a half. We we were literally in two hospitals and we're now in 10. Uh, so we're working really hard on kind of perfecting what we do um, before we really get bigger and, and move out further than, than where we're currently at. But we love doing virtual stuff because that's a little bit easier, you know, not as much staff and time and supplies are needed. So that's one way that we're kind of growing outside of just the local area that we're in. Mm. So if people want to get involved with Hearts Need Art or want to try and do something similar in their own country, can they, can they reach out to you? Yeah heartsneedart.org 
Richard at heartsneedart.org is my email. I'll give you my address if you want, whatever you need. I'm, <laughs> I'm around. Yeah. I'll stick all that information in our, in our show notes, but oh, I'm sure good. there are people who, uh, you know, we have a big listener base here in, um, in Australia and also in England. Um, I'm sure there'll be people who are hearing this and going, all right, that's exactly what we need. So I'm sure there'll be people. I mean, if I have to come to Australia to help, I'm, I'll gladly do it. <laughs> I'm sure we can organize that. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that. I will definitely pop all the information about that in our show notes so everyone can um, find out more about the program. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah. And um, thanks to everyone who's actually tuned in to listen to Creativity Uncovered. I really hope that this episode has inspired you. And as always, it helps you summon creativity the next time that you need it. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.